Chapter 13 Looking for Spiritual Breaches Discovering the Enemy's Battle Tactic And he shall set engines of war against thy walls, and with his axes he shall break down thy towers. By reason of the abundance of his horses, their dust shall cover thee, thy walls shall shake at the noise of the horsemen, and of the wheels and of the chariots, when he shall enter in to thy gates, as men enter into a city wherein is made a breach. Ezekiel chapter 26, verses 9 and 10. Now that we've made a clear distinction between God's character of love and hope, in contrast to the deceiver's character of lies and hopelessness, let's take some time to evaluate the different avenues in which Satan often attacks and seeks to overcome us spiritually. The following areas are broad in scope, like a disease, but are often a symptom of smaller breaches, poor lifestyle habits, in our spiritual wall of fortification. Spiritual defeat and discouragement, spiritual doubt and mental confusion, spiritual fogginess and lethargy, spiritual restlessness and discontentment, spiritual burnout, feeling overwhelmed with life or ministry, depression and despair, living in a state of frustration or anger, true or false guilt, worry, anxiety, and constantly feeling stressed or anxious. In addition to the above, Satan also attacks us through relationship struggles, health struggles, financial struggles, ministry struggles, and the list goes on and on. The fact that we feel the attack in these areas doesn't always mean we have a breach. It may just mean we are on the right path and he's doing everything he can to counter our effectiveness for the Lord. We must remember that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. However, if despair, doubt, or other unhealthy mindsets, as mentioned here and in the previous chapter, are part of the equation, or if we are growing resentful toward God, rather than growing closer to Him through the trials, we are most likely suffering from some type of spiritual breach in our lives. Most Christians don't recognize that there is a deeper cause of many of their struggles. They don't recognize that Satan has snuck in through a back door and is binding them with his chains of deception. Thankfully, Christ came to set the captives free, to make our crooked ways straight, and to break apart the chains that bind us. See Isaiah 58 verse 6 and Isaiah 45 verse 2. As we recognize that the enemy is trying to weaken our spiritual fortresses so he can overcome us, we should prayerfully ask the Lord to search our hearts. Psalms 139, 23 and 24. Before we can move forward effectively by repairing the breaches in our spiritual walls, we have to know exactly where the holes are and what access points he has into our lives. Although not exhaustive, the following is a list of common spiritual breaches to get you started as you pray. It would be good to create your own personal breach list as God brings things to mind. We'll talk about what to do with this list in the next couple of chapters. 
unconfessed sins. This includes anything we've done wrong toward God, His law, or others and not made right. See the following categories. Idols. In this case, I'm not talking about graven images. I'm referring to anything that comes between God and us, or anything that is more important in our lives than God. If we have an idol, it will often consume our attention, focus, and thought life to the exclusion of other healthy activities, family needs, or ministry tasks. Idols can be inappropriate relationships, activities, lifestyles, hobbies, expensive clothes, toys or gadgets, food, misused talents, material wealth or status, and they can even be ourselves. Self-idolatry is the worst sin because we place self on the throne above God. That's what Satan tried to do in the beginning and is why we are all living in a world of sin today. Addictions. These breaches could be the same as our idols, or they might be different. An addiction might be a physical substance or food, video gaming, novel reading, pornography, uncontrolled thoughts and fantasies, and so on. Or it might be a seemingly innocent activity, such as surfing the internet, spending hours on social media sites, or having to read every news story that comes across our computer screens. It could be how we spend our downtime, such as watching movies, sports, or other favorite television programs. Addictions can even be cravings to be liked so that we do things simply from the motive of gaining the applause of others rather than seeking the esteem of God. Addictions could be something good that has taken over the focus of our lives, such as becoming the top man or woman at work, making lots of money, or being so consumed with staying physically fit that we spend every spare moment at the gym. We often justify addictions because they appear to fill perceived needs in our lives. Thus, we allow them to crowd out our time with God and with those we love. Addictions are always something that we can't imagine giving up. But if God is to remain the king of our lives, he must be the Lord of our lives. He must be our addiction. Nothing else should come between us and him. Ungodly mindsets are the most prevalent sins in Christianity today, simply because of their apparent respectability. While we look upon immorality and vile behavior with abhorrence, sins of the mind often go unrebuked. Why? Because everyone, it seems, struggles with them. How can anyone preach against them when we are all guilty? Yet these areas, when unaddressed, can become major breaches in our spiritual lives. The most popular ungodly mindsets include, but are not limited to, pride in our achievements, spiritual accomplishments, talents, leadership and status, a feeling of superiority over others, arrogance, self-righteousness, selfishness, self-seeking, self-promotion, greed, lust, jealousy, envy, vanity, gluttony, anxiety, irritability, impatience, anger, bitterness, resentment, refusing to forgive, 
discontent, a lack of thankfulness, fear, self-pity, pessimism, doubt toward God, spiritual apathy, unbelief, hate, victimization, unteachable in spirit, disrespect for those in authority, unholy thoughts and desires, and seeking our own interests more than that of others. Not only do we need to attack the breach, ungodly mindset, addiction, etc., but we also need to make sure we hack out its roots. For example, if we read magazines or surf internet sites that feed the worldly, greedy cravings of our selfish nature, we are opening the door for materialism and worldliness to take root within our hearts. Likewise, if we read magazines or watch movies, online videos, or television shows that promote sensuality, we shouldn't be surprised when lust and sexual compromise becomes struggles in our lives. That's why it's so important that the branch, root, and whole tree all get pulled out together when we go to battle. Then the enemy will have fewer weapons to use against us in future conflicts. Ungodly Conversations These breaches are seldom addressed, yet they are quite prevalent even in the lives of sincere Christians. They include, but are not limited to, gossip, even spiritual gossip justified by the motive of edifying others, hurtful sarcasm, criticism, backbiting, insensitive judgment, complaining, murmuring, exaggeration, lying, inappropriate flirting, vulgar language, vocalized disrespect, cynicism, and expressing doubt toward God, the church, or the success of ministry. God tells us, he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Proverbs 25, 28. Ungodly behaviors. Some of these breaches may be quite normal in the society in which we live, but they are not acceptable to God. These behaviors include, but are not limited to, self-promotion, self-aggrandizement, manipulation, taking advantage of others' weaknesses, practicing fraud, cheating, abusing others' trust, failing to honor our word, being lazy on the job, being greedy, being gluttonous, stealing, backstabbing, disrespect of those in authority, tearing down another's character, wasting time, money, or resources, dressing immodestly or flaunting our bodies to draw attention to ourselves rather than God, using people to get what we want, expecting to be waited on hand and foot, the constant attempt to prove we are right, and being defiant when we are corrected. Of course, we cannot forget the sin of breaking God's Ten Commandments. Anytime we break any of His commandments, even in small, seemingly insignificant ways, we are creating another breach and foothold for the enemy. Just look at Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 8 for a deeper understanding of the significance of this. Ungodly relationships. Ungodly relationships can be as innocent looking as a codependent friendship, where our happiness is based on the love and attention of another instead of on God 
to the many other inappropriate unbiblical relationships we may be tempted to form. The most common relationship breaches come from the inappropriate relationships with the opposite sex, both inside and outside of marriage. Unbiblical sexual relationships between those of the same sex and romantic relationships between a believer and an unbeliever. God tells us, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? 2 Corinthians 6.14 Emotional adultery could also fit in this category. Of course, if you've already fallen in one of these areas, or in any of the other breaches we've mentioned already, do not lose heart. There is always hope in Christ. Worldly Preoccupations Satan's goal is to get us to love the world rather than God, and to a great extent, he has achieved this. Many of God's people have become so consumed with worldly things that they are not even aware when a spiritual breach is created by a preoccupation with status, love of money, shopping, expensive name brand labels, buying of material possessions such as luxuriously large homes, big toys and electronic gadgets, technology, worldly music or movies, television soap operas, talent shows and other programs, honor of celebrities or sports figures, and so on. God tells us, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew chapter 6, 21. Ellen White laments, Why is it that men, standing on the very threshold of the eternal world, are so blinded? Many Seventh-day Adventists fail to realize the responsibility which rests upon them to cooperate with God and Christ for the saving of souls. They do not show forth to the world the great interest God has in sinners. They do not make the most of the opportunities granted them. The leprosy of selfishness has taken hold of the church. The Lord Jesus Christ will heal the church of this terrible disease if she will be healed. The remedy is found in the 58th chapter of Isaiah. Satanic Strongholds As Bible-believing Christians, there are certain things with which we should never be involved. Mind-altering drugs, tobacco, alcohol, and any other addictive substance. Consultation with fortune tellers, tarot cards, horoscopes, hypnosis, seances, Ouija boards, skull and crossbones emblems on our clothes, and any activities of the occult world are completely off-limits for the professing followers of Christ. It's alarming that even in Adventist circles, Satan has been bringing in his innocent-looking amusements of darkness by the trainload. Whether it's enjoying movies or books featuring magic, spiritualism, mysticism, science fiction, witches, vampires, murder mysteries, and more, or participating in Halloween, the high day of worship for the entire occult world, Satan does not care, just as long as he has us. We must remember that anything that glorifies sin or plays with spiritual power aside from God, no matter how attractive or innocent Hollywood has made it appear, is to be avoided at all costs. This means that books, movies, 
or television shows such as the Harry Potter series, Star Wars, Charmed, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, and many others like these shouldn't even be in our homes, let alone playing on our television screens. Neither should rock and roll, heavy metal, or any of their satanically inspired cousins be playing from our radios and CD players, for these styles are the trademarked music of darkness. The Bible tells us that there is to be no fellowship between light and darkness. If any of this darkness is part of our lives, not only do we have a serious breach, but our walls are crumbling and we must go running to Christ and plead for Him to change us if we hope to be saved. A few years back, a friend of mine was traveling as a missionary in South America. To pass the time as he bounced over the mountain roads on a public bus, he asked the stranger sitting next to him what he did for a living. The man replied, I'm a witch doctor. I cast spells on people. I make people sick, and I also make people well. I make people get rich, and I can also send them a curse where they will lose all their riches. He continued boastfully, If you want, I could cast a spell and make your wife leave you, and I could bring you the woman of your dreams. Oh no, you couldn't cast a spell on my household, David responded firmly. Yes, I could, the witch doctor countered. No, you couldn't, David stood his ground. Let me ask you some questions, the witch doctor insisted. Okay, fine, go ahead. Do you ever view pornography? No. Do you ever watch magic or movies having to do with the occult? No. Do you ever watch soap operas? Never. Do you read worldly magazines like, and he named a few common to the region? Not a chance. Do you ever listen to rock and roll, and he named some other worldly music styles common to the region? Nope. David began to grin, as he could tell where this conversation was leading. After the witch doctor had exhausted his list, he looked at David with new respect. You are right. I can't touch you or your family. But the moment you take part in any of those activities, I can exercise all the power in the world over you. Whether we live in a South American jungle, in a village in Africa, or in a bustling city of Europe or North America, the devil's power and the devil's presence is very real. And all he needs is a little foothold of sin to sneak into our domains and work havoc in our lives. While his tools and methods of operation may vary slightly from place to place, his tactics are always the same. He's looking for a breach in our walls. He's looking for a way to get in and tear our walls down. And it doesn't take much for him to be successful. Inspiration cautions us. Satan will so shape circumstances that unless we are kept by divine power, these circumstances will almost imperceptibly weaken the fortifications of the soul. That's why we must cling to God's power to fortify our walls and make them strong. We cannot stand against the attacks of the enemy alone. Before we move on, there's one more category of breaches that is very easy to overlook. Sins of omission. We often congratulate ourselves on what we aren't doing wrong and fail to recognize what we aren't doing right. 
sins of omission in the attitudes and lifestyles to which God has called us are so numerous that we could hardly list them all here. However, a few of the most glaring omission breaches include a lack of truly seeking after God with our whole hearts, a lack of complete heart surrender, a lack of abhorrence for our sins and those things that wound Christ afresh a lack of earnestness to receive more of the Holy Spirit, the only thing that will give us victory over sin, a lack of spiritual zeal and life, a lack of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, see Galatians 5.22 and 23, a lack of faith, humility, and trust in God's Word, a lack of sincere interest in deep Bible study and prayer, a lack of spiritual fortitude and backbone when the battle around us increases, a lack of self-control, a lack of warmth and love towards our brethren, a lack of friendliness towards strangers and those different from us, a lack of kindness and willingness to sacrifice for the poor and for the least of these, a lack of willingness to be inconvenienced to help others in need, a lack of taking up our crosses daily and denying ourselves for the sake of the gospel, a lack of willingness to wrestle and agonize in prayer for others, a lack of desire and effort to stand in the gap as intercessors for a perishing land, and the list goes on and on. As we can see, being fortified spiritually is not just important, it is vitally important. And Satan knows this. That's why he's doing everything he can to gain a foothold in our lives so that he can break down our walls of spiritual protection. If he can do this, he knows our prayers will be ineffective. In the next chapter, I will discuss how we can fill in the breaches in our walls and overcome the enemy's strongholds in our lives. But let us end this chapter on a note of encouragement. When you evaluate your life and all the breaches in your wall, it might be very disheartening. You might hear the voice of the enemy whispering in your ear. You have so many holes in your wall, it's pointless to even begin. You will never be able to build your walls strong. But don't listen to this voice. God always speaks hope and courage. Just the fact that you recognize your weaknesses and many sins gives evidence of the fact that God is already at work in your life. Self-evaluation is indeed painful at times, and because of this, we shy away from it. But self-evaluation is needful so that we can see ourselves as we truly are and recognize our desperate need of Christ. Take to heart the following. But we must have a knowledge of ourselves, a knowledge that will result in contrition before we can find pardon and peace. The Pharisee, speaking of the story found in Luke 18, felt no conviction of sin. The Holy Spirit could not work with him. His soul was encased in a self-righteous armor, which the arrows of God, barbed and true-aimed by angel hands, failed to penetrate. It is only he who knows himself to be a sinner that Christ can save. 
we must know our real condition, or we shall not feel our need of Christ's help. We must understand our danger, or we shall not flee to the refuge. We must feel the pain of our wounds, or we should not desire healing. So let us take heart. Christ is asking for more, but the work of restoration and transformation is a work that only He can do. He simply asks us to surrender to Him and let Him do it. It may not look easy right now, but we have made a very important first step, acknowledging our great need. When we call upon God, all His strength will be ours, and we will be more than conquerors. Romans chapter 8, 37. He promised, and He cannot lie. So let us press forward in building our spiritual walls strong, and let us continue daring to ask for more.